Amen. All right. Well, good morning. Y'all still awake? Yeah, you're like, it's just Wednesday. Like, we got tons of time still. Like, you're wide awake. I had a good opportunity yesterday to spend part of the day at the climbing wall. I really enjoyed that. You have to know something about me. I, like, love climbing a lot. It's kind of a weird thing to be super excited about, but you know how there's, like, those guys that you just ask them anything about basketball, and they're like, yeah, you know this, this, and this about so-and-so, and so-and-so played this amount of years at whatever, and also, by the way, Derek Fisher's, like, the best point guard in the ever that has ever lived, right, and all these different things, and they just know, like, so much about basketball. Yeah, I'm that guy with climbing. It's weird, I know. You can say that's weird. It's weird, I know. It's weird. So I had a good opportunity to spend at the climbing wall. I have no reason to tell you that, except that's what I did yesterday. I got to see some of you guys uh, hang out over there. Uh, We'll probably be back there later today. But this morning, I want you to open up your Bibles, and we're going to be in James chapter 2 to start with. But before we get there, I want to share with you a story about the craziest thing that I ever did. And I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. This is truly the craziest thing I ever did growing up. It's also the dumbest thing I ever did, so just disclaimer there. Growing up, I always thought this would be really fun to go cliff jumping, right? If you think cliff jumping would be fun, give me a big thumbs up. Be awesome, right? You see YouTube videos of this going horribly wrong, so I don't know why. Maybe YouTube wasn't invented at the time that I thought about doing this, okay? So I thought it'd be super fun to go cliff jumping. Well, a couple summers ago, actually it's not a couple anymore, it's more like five or six, maybe even seven now. I had the chance to work at a camp in Wisconsin, and one of the weekends we took a trip to this place, and this place had a river, which is not shocking, but this specific river went through like kind of like rock and canyon, so what ended up happening is there's like these natural water slides where the the water had carved away the rock, and it was super slick, and you could slide down on rock. I know it sounds painful, but it's actually a lot of fun, and then it would pool in these areas, and so there was this spot that was like 12 feet deep and about 25 feet across, 12 feet deep, keep that in mind, not smart, 12 feet deep, 25 feet across, and then randomly there was this big boulder that was about a foot under the water that you couldn't really see, but we just kind of, you know it's there, so keep that in mind also, and then on the side, there were different ledges, there's one of like 10 feet deep and 25 feet high and then 35 feet high, and then I think, if I remember right, somebody might fact check me on this later, but I'm pretty sure it was 55 feet high. 55 feet high. And so we did what you would do. We jumped off of, you know, 10 feet, and that's pretty high, right? And you get bored after a while. Like, hey, you think you can jump from 25 feet up? And I'm like, 25 feet. It's like only two of Goliath, right? You got this. Jump from 25 feet. And, you know, it's kind of scary. It's like, oh, man. And that got boring after a while, and you jump from 35 feet, and eventually, surprise, surprise, 35 feet actually gets boring after a while. Did you know that? You're like, oh, it's 35 feet. You're just falling for four seconds. No big deal, right? And so I'm like, wait a minute. You want to do the 55 feet high, right? And then there's like, this is where like daring starts coming in, right? Like I double dog dare you, and it's like, no, it's going to have to be a triple dog dare. They're like, well, fine, I triple dog dare you. And so I climb up this mountain, and I'm standing on the edge of this cliff. It's 55 feet high. Let me put that in perspective for you. That's like going to the top of the zip line, looking down, seeing nothing but water, and then deciding to jump. Bad idea. Okay? So I'm looking here, and just so that you know, like, my knees, like, I can't even fake it. Like, they were just, 
like wobbling back and forth. And I look down, and I'm like, that's, nope, I can't do it. And so you go back down, and then you're at the bottom, and it's like, you know, honestly, it's not that high. And so then I jump back up, and I'm not kidding. You're standing here for like 10 minutes, and I'm like, oh, it's a lot higher up here than it was down there. And you've got people down there saying, I double dog dare you, but it's not helping because they're like this big. And you're like, ah, oh, okay. Stood up there for like 10 minutes. Came down, came back up. Do you want to take a vote? Do you think I jumped or not? Yes? No. Okay. I have bad news for you. Don't tell my mom, but I totally jumped. I totally jumped, and I fell, 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 and then hit the water, and it hurt a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah, don't ever do it. It's a bad idea. Why do I tell you that? I tell you that this morning because as I'm standing at the bottom, and it's funny, I actually heard somebody say this yesterday, too, at the bottom of the zip line. They were looking up at the zip line. They're like, you know, it doesn't look that high from right here, right? Right? It just doesn't, right? And as I was looking at the bottom, I'm looking up, I'm like, you know, 55 feet doesn't seem like that high. You know, I can see the person at the top. It's not that big of a deal. But then you get to the top, and you realize, I'm a lot smaller than I thought I was. This is a bigger distance than I thought it was. I'm really scared right now. And, like, that perspective places things in reality, doesn't it? Where now what seemed like not that big of a deal is like, oh, boy, I'm a lot smaller than I thought I was, right? That's just how it is. Well, this morning, we're going to keep going in our series. And this morning, the thing we want to learn today is that I am sinful, and yesterday, as we looked at God's word, we saw that I am holy. So you, can you guys say, or not I am holy, God is holy. God is holy. Can we say that together? God is holy. God is holy. And then I am sinful. Can you say, I am sinful? So yesterday, we learned that God is holy. And just, can I be honest with you guys? That is a really hard thing to wrap our minds around completely. And for many of us, I think maybe we hear something like God is holy and we think, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's all right. But here's what we want to do this morning. This morning we're going to look and see that God's word doesn't just teach us that God is holy, but it also teaches us that I am sinful. And just like I think looking at God's holiness from maybe down below like I was at that mountain, it doesn't look like maybe as big of a deal. But then when we realize how tiny we are, and how much we don't measure up to that, it makes it seem and, and shows us that it's a much bigger deal than maybe we initially thought. And so today we're going to look at three things that are true about our sin. Before that, we want to just review. So everybody say, God is holy. God is holy. Say, I am, sinful. I am sinful. Awesome job. Yesterday we saw this. We saw that in the beginning there was God. In the beginning, there was God, and God is everything good. He is everything perfect. He is everything wonderful that you and I could ever, ever imagine. So I said it like this. God is more powerful than any king. He makes Thanos look like an ant. He's more incredible than the tallest mountain or the biggest ocean that you could ever imagine. He is kinder than the kindest person you know. He is more satisfying than the best thing that you have ever eaten. He is awesome. Every good thing, every perfect thing, every beautiful thing was in God. And so God decided, I want to show off my glory. I want to show off my beauty. And so he created man. He created man so that we can live in relationship with him, so that we can enjoy who God is and that we can glorify him by enjoying him, that the way that we glorify God is by enjoying the goodness of who he is. But we 
know this, and we remember this from yesterday, that it was not long after God created man that man sinned. And sin drives a wedge between us and God. Sin causes relationships to be broken, specifically our relationship with God. And the reason why sin drives a wedge between us and God, why it separates us from our creator, is because God is holy. And we saw that yesterday. But today the big thing we want to look at is I am sinful. The reason why we're doing this, guys, is not because I'm trying to make you all depressed. My job and, and my goal this morning is not to be like, woe is me. I am undone. Obviously, that's a good response to the holiness of God. But the reason why I want to share this today with you is not so that you can leave depressed. Your mom or dad or whoever's like, hey, what'd you learn? You're like, I'm sinful. It's horrible. It is horrible. But the reason is so that we can get a good understanding of our situation. Why do I say that? Because if you and I get a cut, you're probably going to go to the nurse. You're going to get a Band-Aid, right? But man, if one of you just takes like your sword and cuts my arm off, a band-aid isn't going to cover it, right? And unless you know the the severity of your situation, unless you know the severity or the the bigness of your problem, we're not going to be able to find a right solution. So let me give you an example of this, maybe. In 1970, 1970, NASA, question mark, can you move that forward one more for me, Sam? 1970, NASA NASA launched a thing called the Apollo 13 mission. The Apollo 13 mission. So none of us, minus your counselors, were alive. I wasn't there. Some of your counselors might have been. But they launched this mission, and the mission was to take three guys. They were going to send them to space. One of them was going to land on the moon, and then the other two were going to circle around the moon, if I remember correctly. Well, after they took off, you want to know what happened? So you're getting ready to go to space. This is not what you want to happen. One of the engines, like lit off too soon. It went, the engines like blew up too quickly. And so then it started this series of like one engine that was supposed to go off two minutes ago is now going off early. And then another engine is going off too early. And then another engine is going off too early. And you're like, Nick, I don't understand space. Let me just put it for you in terms that you and I can both understand. Houston, we have a problem, right? You're in the middle of space, and now all of a sudden your engines are gone. And what ended up happening is because all of these engines fired too quickly, it burned up all of their oxygen. So I don't know if you know this, but you kind of need oxygen in space to live, right? Not good. So they are up orbiting the Earth, or orbiting the moon, I think. I can't remember how they actually were up there, but they were orbiting or in space without any oxygen or with very little oxygen, and they radioed back to earth and they said, hey, our engines blew off too soon. We're running out of oxygen. It's bad. Not a good situation. And you know what they did back home? There's actually a movie about this. But they they took all of the stuff that the astronauts had in their ship, put it in a box, dumped it on a table and said, hey, guys, go to town. Figure out how to keep our guys alive, right? And they figured it out. They figured out how to make a, a system, actually, that filtered oxygen or CO2 or carbon dioxide so they could breathe. Pretty incredible. They landed. They made it home safe and sound. Amen to the amen, amen, right? They made it back. Why? Because they knew the situation. They knew how big of a deal they were facing, and they knew that they needed to figure this out, and they just went and they did it. And so today what I want us to do is I want us to look at the situation that we have. So yesterday we saw God is holy. Today we're going to see I am sinful. And there's three things we're going to see 
about the fact that I am sinful. And the first one is this, that it only takes one sin to be guilty before a holy God. It only takes one sin to be guilty. James 2.10 says this, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, he has become accountable for all of it. And so for many people in the world, they spend their whole life trying to do things to make themselves right before God. They try to do good works. They try to be a nice person. They try not to cuss too much. They try not to be rude to people. They try to do all of these nice things. They try to keep the Ten Commandments. And for many people, they spend their whole life trying to make themselves right or righteous before a holy God. Because yesterday we saw that only perfect people live in the presence of a perfect God. And some people try to work and to make that true. But the problem with that is that it only takes one sin to make us guilty before a holy God. James 2.10, if anyone keeps the whole law, does everything right, keeps all the Ten Commandments, never cusses, never is rude to anyone, keep the whole law, but then they're like 97 years old and they sin one time, they've become accountable for all of it. Let me illustrate it for you this way. I have three guys I said could come up here. So let me, Gabe, Chase, and Isaac. Is that right? Clay. Sorry, get up here, guys. Sorry, Clay. Now I was pulling out this frappuccino. This has been in the fridge all night, so it's going to be like nice and good and really, do you guys mind like sharing spit at all? You're junior boys. Okay, that's fine. Someone, someone want to open that up? Okay, so we've got a Frappuccino. Who here likes Frappuccinos? I like Frappuccinos. I honestly just like black coffee a little bit more, but Frappuccinos are not too bad. So I have a caramel Frappuccino. When they get that open, what I want you guys to do, because I don't have enough Frappuccinos for everybody, here's what I want you to do. I want each of you guys to take a drink. Oh, maybe we can get it. Sorry, guys. It sounds worse because the microphone, I promise. There we go. Okay, so shake well. You've got to actually put the lid on tight and shake vigorously. Before, yeah, thank you. Okay, so because... Okay, that's good. Vigorous enough. Okay, so because y'all can't have a frappuccino, here's what I want you to do. Each of you take a drink, and I want you to smile out to everybody and, and like give a thumbs up of how good is that frappuccino. It's good, right? Is it a real frappuccino? Like, let everybody know it's good. All right. Okay. <laughs> bad. You don't like it? Oh, man, you don't like caramel frappuccino. Does somebody have a pen? Okay, I just need, I just need it quick. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so I also have here oil. Like, it's motor oil. So, it's two-cycle engine oil, okay? I got it at Casey's before I came here, and I really like frappuccinos, but, oh, boy. Man, that is something else, right? Motor oil and frappuccino. Okay, shake vigorously. Ugh. All right. Guys, I have something for you. Do you guys want frappuccino? Oh, gross. You want frappuccino? Okay. I would actually let you do this, except I care about you too much. So I'm not going to let you. Thank you, guys. That's all. Have a seat. Okay. Okay, so... You're like, what are you, no, I'm not going to drink it. Like, I'm not trying to die. You want me to be here the rest of the week. 
So I love Frappuccino. Some might say that Frappuccinos are just the best, right? They're good. It's a wonderful thing. But the problem is it doesn't tell. Like, I didn't put all the motor oil in it. Okay, I can put more in there. I just put a little bit. One little bit ruined the whole thing. You're like, Nick, why would you do that? That's a Frappuccino. Why would you do that? <laughs> the oil ruined the Frappuccino. You're like, why? And I'm like, that's the point. Do you get it? One little bit of motor oil completely ruined the entire Frappuccino. I'm going to throw this away later. No one's going to drink it because you don't want it. It ruined the whole thing. <laughs> You're like, nah, whatever. Do you see the point, though, guys? Do you, see, do you see the point? One, one little bit of motor oil ruined the entire Frappuccino. In the same way, one sin makes us guilty of the entire law. That when you stand before God and when I stand before God, it doesn't take an entire thing of motor oil. It doesn't take an entire life of sin to make us guilty before God. It takes one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's the next thing we're going to see. The second thing we see about sin is this, that we all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. And so not only does it only take one sin to make us guilty before God, but all of us have sinned. Every person here can think of a moment in their life where they said something they shouldn't have, they disobeyed their parents, they were rude, thought something they shouldn't, gossiped about a neighbor, bullied someone. Exactly. What if we did? We all have those things in our life, right? I, I can think of more than just one because we've all fallen short. Everyone is in this together. Fun fact. Tyler had a really good illustration yesterday. A couple of you tried to play him in basketball. Y'all fell short. Well, today we're going to illustrate it a different way. Um, somebody who's like thinks they're athletic. So we'll go one, two, three. Follow me back here, guys. All right. That's it. Just three. Just three. In like 1900s, we had this thing called the long jump in the Olympics. Okay. And if I were to say, how long do you think the farthest guy has ever jumped in the Olympics? How far do you think it is? Not eight feet, not ten. Here, I'm just going to tell you because you're not even close. Shh. I'm going to tell you because you're not even close. It's 29 feet. 29 feet. So you guys can't all see it. You can see it later, I promise. But there is a line here that I've put out with tape. I'm going to keep it here so later in the day you can come back and try it because not everyone can do it today. But right here is where it starts. And right here is where it ends. This line is actually shorter than the world record by eight inches. But in the 1900s, 20 years ago, probably 30 now, somebody jumped 29 feet. Do you guys think you can do this? You're like, no, I want to see who can get the farthest. I'm going to do it too. So we're going to see who can get the farthest. So jump at the line. I'll go first. Just that way I can set the bar low, right? I'm going to see how far I can get. I'm going to break something, but that's okay. You ready? Okay. So I got like right here maybe. Woo! All right. Right by the crack. Here, I'll stand here in the aisle. All right. Ready, set, go. Nice. That's good. Right on. Don't fall. Careful. Okay. 
Nice job. Who's next? Yes. Oh, you're okay. Try again. That was, you, try again. You got this. Come on, Curry. You got this. Steph Curry. Yes. Nice. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. That's a hard jump. It's tough. All right. Number three. Yeah. Right on. Good job. Okay. So do you guys see what happens? Hang out there for just a second. You guys see what happened? Each and every one of us, we got further. Like some of us got further. Some of us didn't get as far. That's okay. Honestly, I think that's the most energy I've expended like all week. I was just trying to like look good, I promise. Okay. You guys can have a seat, but here's what happened. We all fell short, right? Every one of us. I did. Every one of us, we fell short. If the standard is 29 feet, which, by the way, is absolutely insane, the fact that somebody can hurl their body that far, okay? We all fell short. But here's the problem, guys. It's a bigger deal, and you and I have a bigger deal than falling short of 29 feet. The reality is that we have fallen short of God's glory. Every morning so far, we've seen that you and I are created to glorify God, to magnify God, to enjoy God, to make much of God, to make God look big. That's what we've been created for. And yet every single one of us falls short. We fail to miss the mark. So if we were trying to illustrate this even more accurately, it wouldn't be falling short of 29 feet. We'd have to make this line like across the lake and to the moon. Because that's the standard. And all of us fall short. And here's the thing. Sometimes we think, you know, I got farther than so-and-so. Nick jumped, you know, maybe six feet, eight feet, I don't know. He jumped so-and-so, I jumped this far, I got further than he did. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you get farther than your neighbor. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, we all miss the mark big time. If I were to make this line two miles long and then say, hey, we're all going to jump, some of us might make it a little bit farther than another but we're still missing the mark by miles, right? And that's what's true when it comes to our relationship with God, that every one of us falls short by sinning, by failing to love Jesus the way we should, by not making him look magnificent. And it doesn't matter if you're a little bit better than your neighbor, because at the end of the day, we all miss that mark in a huge way. In a huge way. And so it's important, it's serious, that one law makes me guilty before a holy God. We all fall short of that. But then the third thing I want you to see this morning is this. That we're sinners by nature. That we're sinners by nature. Oh, sorry. We all fall short. And then one more. We're born sinners by nature. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I think it's on the screen too. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Says this, And you were dead. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. By nature, 
were children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So let me break down this verse for us and just kind of explain. We were dead, so sin doesn't just make us bad people. It makes us dead people before a holy God. But we were dead in the trespasses and sins. We walked around. We followed the course of this world following the desires of the body and the mind. So what does that mean? It means that as you look at the world, as you look at maybe your friends, your neighbors, the things you see on TV, different things like that, there is a trajectory, there's a way that the world goes, that they love certain things that are contrary to what God loves, that they pursue different things that are against what God pursues, that there are things that the world does and that people that you know do, and maybe even that you do, right, that go against what God desires, And it says that we followed those things, that that was part of our life. So it's not just looking out there and saying, wow, there's bad people out there that do bad things. Paul is telling us that the world is on a road that is leading against where God is leading, and we decided to jump on that road and start following it with people. Things that are contrary to what God loves, God desires, and God wants us to pursue. But then it also says we were by nature, by nature, children of wrath. What does it mean to be something by nature? Here's a picture of a kangaroo. It's a pretty adorable kangaroo, right? If I were to say to you, what is that? You would say, Nick, that's a kangaroo on a beautiful beach. It's a kangaroo. I'd say, how do you know it's a kangaroo? You say, well, it looks like a kangaroo. It's a wallaby. Okay, we'll say it's a wallaby. Is a wallaby like a baby kangaroo, basically? Or just saying, whatever. Okay, so we've got a wallaby slash kangaroo. And I say, what is it? You say, it's a wallaby slash kangaroo. Why? Well, just look at it. It looks like one. What does it do? It jumps, right? It is going to hop around. So if I came up to one of these wallaby slash kangaroos and I tried to pet it, it'd probably like, and it'd get away. Or it'd just kick me, right? Uh, it'd just, okay. But what does it do? It jumps. It kicks things. It does what wallabies, kangaroo things do, right? Okay? Here's the deal. If that wallaby kangaroo, for some reason, was unable to jump, it's not going to happen, but didn't jump, it'd still be a wallaby kangaroo, right? The thing that makes that wallaby kangaroo a wallaby kangaroo is the fact that it's a wallaby kangaroo, not the fact that it jumps, It jumps because it's a wallaby kangaroo. You see what I'm saying? Like, when that baby kangaroo wallaby thing comes and is born, it's still a wallaby kangaroo. And then because it's a wallaby kangaroo, it jumps and it kicks things and it does what wallaby kangaroos do. Let me connect the dots for you. When you're born, you and I are born sinners. We're born sinners. We're born against God. We don't pursue God. We don't love God. But here's the thing. Because we're sinners, because we're born that way, because we're born sinners, then we do things like gossip, fight, lie, disobey our parents, say things we shouldn't say, think things we shouldn't say, look at things we shouldn't look at. Why? Because we're born that way. It's our nature. That kangaroo wallaby thing has the nature of being a kangaroo wallaby thing. And because of what its nature is, then it hops around and kicks things and eats grass and lives on beautiful beaches. And you and I are born sinners by our nature, and therefore 
we lie, we disobey our parents, we say things we shouldn't say, we look at things we shouldn't look at, we gossip and we're mean to our friends because it's part of our nature. And so that's what Paul is saying here in these verses. He's saying, you know what? The world is doing all of these different things. They're pursuing all of these different things. But here's the deal. You and I are in the same boat. We do all those same things. We pursue those same things. And we chase after things that are against what God loves. And so at the end of the day, here's what we got going on. Yesterday, we saw that God is holy. This represents God. And what's true about God is certainly not true about us. He is holy. Oh, wrong one. That's bad. We'll get there in a second. That's how heresy happens. Okay. God is holy. He's righteous. He's perfect. In him lives every good thing. He is the embodiment of every good thing. God is holy. And in order to live in the presence of a holy God, we have to have a righteousness or a holiness that is equal to God's. The problem is, this represents you and me. The problem is, you and I have something that we don't want. We have sin. And because of our sin, you and I cannot live in the presence of a holy God. God is holy, but I am sinful. And so let me just say it like this. You and I have something or need something we don't have. We need something we don't have. We need a righteousness, a holiness that is equal to God's. We need something we don't have. But the problem is bigger than that. That's we have something we don't want. We have a life that is filled with sin. Every person here has fallen short of God's glory. We think James 2.10. Let's just review real quick the three things that we saw. I think they're here. That it only takes one sin for us to be guilty. If anyone keeps the whole law but fails in one point, he's become accountable for all of it. That we all fall short of God's glory. No one here is making the mark of God's perfection. We don't meet it. But then even more than that, we're born sinners by nature. And so this morning, remember God is holy, right? We have something or need something we don't have, but we also have something that we don't want, and that's sin. God is holy. I am sinful. And guys, that's not very encouraging news, is it? Not at all. You're like, man, Nick, why'd you do that? Here's the deal. Tomorrow, I have a promise to make with you, and I'm going to keep it tomorrow. If you're here, show up here. Here's the deal. I have the greatest news that you can ever hear to share with you tomorrow. The greatest news that you can ever hear in your entire life will be shared tomorrow. So here's the worst news. God is holy. You're sinful. But tomorrow, I'll keep a promise with you. I'm going to share the greatest news that you and I can ever hear, and it's that Jesus saves. So come back tomorrow. We're going to keep going. But until then, the two things I want you to remember is God is holy. Can you say God is holy? holy. I am sinful. Can you say I am sinful? God is holy, 
I am sinful, and tomorrow we'll give you some good news. And for the rest of the week, I think it'll be an encouragement to you. Let me pray with you, and then I think we're going to be dismissed. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your love to us. And God, thank you for your holiness. God, thank you that you are not like us, that you dwell in unapproachable light, and that from you flows every good thing. You are the kindest, the most glorious, the most magnificent, the most satisfying person that we know, and we praise you for that. And Lord, as we look at your goodness and your magnificence and your holiness, we recognize that we are sinful. And Lord, that is a scary thing, it's a sobering thing, and it makes us sad to think about. But Lord, we just praise you for Jesus, and we're so thankful that the story doesn't end there but that tomorrow we get to come back and study the greatest news that we could ever hear, and that's that Jesus saves. And we pray all these things in his name. Amen. All right, campers, we're going to go to our counselor time, do our personal devotions, the digging deeper time, and and then uh, counselors, uh, you still should have those green sheets with questions. Uh, Please utilize those as you go. Uh, Please be back in here. Uh, at 10.40, 10.40, be back in the chapel ready for our morning activity. Please uh, go out quietly. Thank you.